I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Leading a business, team, or organization can be challenging at the best of times. Leading a time of crisis takes it to a whole new level. But as leaders, are we actually aware of the toll that's having on us personally, our families, or the team around us? We've spent weeks firefighting, plugging holes, and making new plans. As marketers, we've been dancing between survival mode and looking for opportunities. It's been adrenaline fueled, but what happens when the first wave of excitement runs out? I'm Joe Glover. I'm the founder of the Marketing Meetup. It's a community of 14,000 marketers around the UK and established very much on the basis of looking after each other and uh, just looking at marketing in, in a way where the humans come first. I'm Richard Wood. I run the marketing agency Six and Flow. I've worked in marketing for around about 18 years now and I'm a massive believer in that people should be trying to engage with people on a human level, not just treating people as leads and kind of numbers in a spreadsheet anymore. For the first few weeks of the global crisis, businesses have been scrambling to protect themselves, their clients and their teams. Marketers have been forced to rethink long-term strategies and goals and perhaps focus on quick wins. As grim as it sounds, that was the first wave of excitement. Where we find ourselves now is a lull for many. It's become mundane and the adventure has run out. Is now the time to be re-evaluating the longer-term strategy? And should we be preparing for a second wave of excitement? So, Rich, we're seven weeks into lockdown. Coronavirus stuff has been going on for a lot, lot longer. How did you react when this started kicking off? I think I reacted with an air of nonchalance bearing on denial, potentially. When this all started becoming a real thing with people actually dying in China, uh, me and a colleague were traveling through Canada and Boston at the time. And we saw it as, it was a talking point. So every meeting we went to, people were mentioning it, going, oh my God, can you believe what's going on? It's crazy. And we saw it, evidently wrongly now, as it's just a flu. It's just something that is, it'll pass. It's being blown out of proportion, but we don't have the tools to deal with it right now. So it is having a greater effect, but actually we don't think it's going to be that bad. And at the time, I think only... 20 people had it in the UK and we hadn't had a, a death at that point and when we got back we started to see the the global effect of uh, to some of our clients so we have clients that work in the manufacturing space and they have some of their tools and equipment manufactured out of China so we started to see a slowdown of their pipeline their product line and then we started to see some effect on some of our team so some people starting to be more conscious around germs and traveling into work and things like that mm-hmm. so that was going on in the background so that i would say they're, they're kind of like the the soft warnings that were starting to come through and the way that we 
started to react to it was to be aware of it. We were watching for updates and advice from the government and using that as a signal to our teams. But then we had a member of our team whose partner, who he lives with, at their work, they had two of their developers go off symptomatic. So they um, uh, left work symptomatic. And at that point, we thought, because obviously... She was in close contact with them. He's in close contact with her. What we didn't want to do is then have the entire business in one hit become ill for a number of weeks. So we were expecting, and touch wood, none of the team are ill so far, Mm -hmm. but we were expecting members of the team to get sick, but we didn't, as a business, we couldn't support that if everything happened in one hit. So we took the decision, and this was a week ahead of government uh, dictated lockdown, So we decided that we would shift immediately to working from home. So we've always used Zoom, Slack, and communicated remotely. Like we were actually going through a process of having to de-Slack the office. So reminding people that they could have human conversations and like having monthly Slack holidays, things like that, which sounds ridiculous now. But we were already geared up to do it. Most of our team were already on laptops. We had one member of the team that used a desktop. And thankfully, the week before, we had just transitioned into a, a laptop. So we could literally just say, look, take your laptops home. Don't come back in on Monday. Here's the plans. We'll keep updating you weekly. So that's what we did as a business. And then from from there as a client perspective, we then communicated to everybody very quickly saying, here is what we're planning to do as a business. We are going to be working from home. We're working from home because we are trying to mitigate the risk of everybody getting sick at once. Assuming that we don't all get sick at once, there should be no impact. There should be continuity to the business. And as part of that message as well, I communicated to them saying, hey, I'm not here to upsell you or pitch you new products or service, but Mm -hmm. here is my meeting link. Book in an hour. Let's just chat about how your business is changing, how how we can potentially help you better, and what kind of things we can bring into the mix with that. So that's what we started doing as a business. Then for us, in terms of our marketing, we then started to look at what are the things that we could quickly do to ensure that we still have a viable proposition within the market. So we pretty quickly realized that a lot of people are scared. A lot of people don't want to be hearing um, sales pitches or aggressive marketing messages at this point. So what we decided to do was ease back off of our demand gen. So our, our direct conversion elements of our business, we started to ease back off less on paid or just looking at retargeting, things like that. We started changing the tone of our blogging. We quickly created a, a webinar series with the tech partners that we use so that we could use that as a, a means to genuinely help people. Mm-hmm. And there's no sales message at the back of any of those. And we said to the tech partners, you can you can come, you can present, we'll introduce you to the audience, but this cannot be a sales message. That is not what people are looking for right now. If people go on to choose it, great. And we chose tech partners that all have freemium versions of their their services so that people could actually go and do this stuff at no extra cost to their business because in those first few weeks everybody was like how do i cut cost out of my business not how do i bring them in we focused on our quick wins and for us uh, it sounds ridiculous because a, a brand play is rarely a quick win but the quick mm-hmm. win for us was shifting from demand to brand mm-hmm. and that brand involved hitching ourselves and we've talked about it before up updating hitching ourselves to bigger brands so that we could capitalize on our brand awareness and brand image moving forward in the next few months 
coupled that with and i saw a, a great tweet by a guy called rob weatherhead who is up here in manchester uh, he was saying one of the one of the greatest lessons that have come out of this is that you have to build your audience before you need it and i think that's where a lot of people have potentially gone wrong they've not gone wrong but because they hadn't been focusing on that mm. now they're backpedaling and it it's getting lost in the noise whereas people who had made that part of their process had mm -hmm have something that they can then go to. And I've seen that a lot with mine because thankfully I'd spent the previous six months focusing on experimenting with how we can build a personal brand mm -hmm. for me and the other members of our leadership team. And that's helped us because the content that we're then putting out and it's all geared up around being helpful, that has very much been, we've been using those audiences to do that. What about you? Like what what was the, your focus as this all started to go off? Like you, my first reaction was completely blasé. I'm relatively young and fit, you know, despite the hairline, then my, my first reaction was completely blasé. It's going to be like the flu, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, you described it perfectly. But the thing about the Marketing Meetup is that so much of our proposition is focused on events and specifically live live events, uh, which, you know, that's a difficult thing to do when, when you're mid-pandemic. And I, I started becoming more aware of it over the course of time. But the, the funny the funniest thing that happened was that even when stuff was going on in China and, and folks were starting to see it in Italy and, and, and stuff like that, the attendances didn't go down. In fact, in Cambridge, Manchester and London, in the three weeks prior to us stopping doing events, we had our biggest att attendances ever, which was you know quite odd because it, I remember standing at the front of the Cambridge audience and saying, look, we're just going to have to monitor the situation. And that was actually the last event that we ended up running because, you know, very quickly it became apparent that that wasn't going to be uh, possible to keep on doing. So once once the shock hit, I probably spent about a week just feeling really sad <laughs> about it all because it, it became very apparent that we weren't going to be able to do our, our live, a live events and we'd planned 140 of them for this year. So, you know, it was going to be a substantial task and that we were going to have to be doing something else. And I probably spent the majority of that sad week just panicking, you know, like if I can't do live events, uh, my revenue stream's going to stop, uh, you know, people are going to stop engaging with us. I've worked so hard for four years to build up this thing and it's just going to be gone like that. So as I say, I've been looking at my MailChimp and I sent a message out on uh, Friday, March 13th, which was 10 days before we went into lockdown. So I feel like I had a bit of a head start against most people in most businesses in that we'd already reacted to the stuff that was going on in the world 10 days before most folks did. The obvious thing to do was to move our events online. So I spent a weekend doing two things. The first thing was familiarizing myself with Zoom and learning about their functionality. So, you know, we looked at all the different platforms, but Zoom definitely seemed like the best, both for their webinar functionality, but then also to use their meeting functionality. But the second thing I did was spent that weekend just emailing the world's most famous marketers that I could possibly think of and just said, look, we're going to have to stop doing our events. Do you want to get involved in the live stuff? And thankfully, you know, we got like five or six yeses. I mean, we had like Rory Sutherland, Mark Ritz and et cetera, sort of come back to us and say, yeah. Who said no? Let's call them out. <laughs> I didn't have anyone say no. I, I had people who said, you just didn't reply. You said no. I'm joking. You didn't say no. Um, I said yes to everything. <laughs> but we will get you on, on one soon, you know. But I think most people, in any case, what that created was on that Monday or Tuesday or whatever it was, I was able to put a status out on LinkedIn, which was just like, look, I've been feeling sad. 
but we're moving everything online and these are the people we're getting 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 involved and on that that particular update then i was lucky that like mark ritson engaged with it or dave gerhardt engaged with it so it just went into the stratosphere and that created an unbelievable sense of momentum to start off with you know that week was crazy there was 1500 signups for our webinars in like three or four days which was brilliant since then things have continued with that great sense of momentum there's been a real sort of strong uh, engagement from the community and for those six weeks people were just like saying this is brilliant this is amazing we had rory sutherland come on and there was like a huge event and like the numbers that we were getting if you were to fill those number of people in a room it would look like a mega event and we did it for 122 pounds or whatever the zoom uh, subscription is what i have observed in this past two three weeks is that and we're going to speak about it shortly is that sort of slowing of, of things it's not a it's not like things are going down but it's, it's just like that excitement that momentum that freshness of all this stuff so I, I think excitement and momentum are two perfect words for that first i'd say six weeks of lockdown and what i've come to realize over the last couple of weeks is that me in particular and like i've had this criticism leveled at me many many times and somebody actually called me out for it yesterday like do i have adhd or like my attention is on things that are exciting and mm -hmm. immediate and i do very very well at firefighting problem solving and yeah. and chasing big ideas and dreams like they are the things that get me out of bed like i've never been financially driven i like to chase i, li I like people to tell me it can't be done and then I, I, I like to chase that goal and the beginning of a crisis is i mean it, it's horrible to say it but there's excitement there because sure. it's a challenge and it's something that we have to overcome mm -hmm. and i think there were loads of different levers that we could pull not just for ourselves but the stuff that we were helping clients with so you you pivoted to online events and that i mean it's been incredible to see how that has shifted because mm -hmm. a lot of those marketers you would have struggled to get to the actual physical events sure. location timings all of those that's been incredible to see we thankfully haven't had to pivot most of our services because most of our services were digital and we work in spaces that there hasn't been a need to but yeah. what what i have seen is after that initial six weeks so we've we've fought those fires we've torn up the plans we've reworked it i've plugged the gaps that needed plugging and now what so last week was a real struggle for me personally mm -hmm. and i i couldn't put my finger on it like i've always been somebody who I would say are quite quite resilient quite easygoing and roll with the punches and I just felt that I was just I had no energy no enthusiasm and I was just bored of it and I really struggled to get into any of the work that I had planned for that week and like everybody I have days where I go through that stuff sometimes but this was just a week and I just couldn't pull myself out of it and logically speaking the business is doing well, the the team are coping incredibly well, and I couldn't be prouder of what we've built and where we're headed. Our clients in a good position, but it was just ran out of steam. I put out a, a post on LinkedIn, and part of it was because it was cathartic, so mm -hmm. I wanted to like actually just voice how I was feeling, mm -hmm. but I'd also spent a lot of that week talking to other business leaders, agency owners, people who run their own businesses, and they were saying, yeah, I'm, I just, I'm really feeling it this week. I just feel flat and I can't get going. And so I, I, I put out the post and I said that this is, 
this is how I'm feeling and I'm guessing a lot of other people are as well and there's something about this week and in the UK unsurprisingly we had a couple of days of nice sunshine and then the weather turned to shit and yeah. all of that coincided <laughs> I, I put out that post and it seems like hundreds of other people have commented on it saying yeah I felt the same and mm -hmm. it wasn't until I started to actually engage with some of the comments and talk to some of those people that it dawned on me that we've spent now seven weeks but mm -hmm. the previous I'd say like the six weeks at the beginning we've spent a hundred mile an hour chasing yeah. the excitement pivoting doing everything that we need to do to a survive and b find opportunities in this new change world and the adrenaline as business leaders and as marketers pushing us through that I think it just ran out so we've spent six weeks looking at quick wins and I like we've talked about this previously and this is what I've been suggesting to clients up until this point is look at the immediate impact stuff look at the quick wins look at the stuff that is going to have an effect on your business in this moment now and then start to look at the strategy don't forget about the strategy because it's going to be if you were to focus on just those six weeks and your numbers are dropping that's that's a very scary proposition to be focusing on. And you need to start to think about the next six months because um, is it JP Morgan were talking about the sudden drop and sudden spike. And that hopefully will start to come in January time, hopefully. And you need to be prepared for that before it happens. You don't want to get to that point and then start kicking all of your marketing and brand stuff in. But I feel like now in this lull, that so we've had the adrenaline and now we're in a lull, I think that now is the time to actually start to focus on a lot of that stuff that is going to help further down the line. Now is the time to look at that strategy piece. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, watching Joe Rogan clips the other day, probably because I was feeling the same as you did last week and not doing an awful lot of actual work, you know, just sort of like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to work. But this particular quote was from a guy um, on the Joe Rogan show who said uh, that people don't notice the speed that they're going at as much as they do the acceleration that's going on at any one point. And I feel like this past six weeks has just been a constant period of acceleration. So whether it's, you know, we started at zero or, or 20 and we sort of made our way up to a hundred and now we probably are s slowing back down again to, to 60 or 70. He was actually framing that in, in particular in reference to life achievements and stuff like that. But I think it's really relevant, you know, for this. I did reflect on that quote a little bit and, and kind of thought that there's a lot to be said about gratitude for the moment and that actually when you stop just looking for those moments of acceleration to judge your life by and, and sort of start appreciating the speed that you're going at, then that's part of the answer. But the other part is that like, like you, I felt pretty shit last week and that's okay. You know, I, I think you just have to acknowledge that that's, part of the journey i think it's so not only and this isn't just business leaders so like both of you and i are running a business we have incomes and people and all of those other considerations that are being made not just our own survival and like the health of our family and things like that mm -hmm. and that doesn't just happen for leaders like it's also people who are running teams who are responsible for marketing and mm -hmm. the cognitive overload that we've had from all of these different directions over the last few months, of course we're exhausted. It's been the first time in my career where I've looked back and gone, I think I'm pretty fucking close to burning out. Mm -hmm. I am the load that I've been running at. And, and then I start to go, actually, if I'm feeling like that, 
my team must be feeling either not just like the impact of me feeling like that, but they've got a lot going on. They've got the same considerations. They are worried about their clients. They're worried Mm -hmm. about all these other peripheral things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not until you get to the lull that you start to go, you you get reflective and you're like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like what have we just gone through to get to this point? And there's two lessons I think to take out of this as marketers. And the first is, we need to be aware that our prospects are probably already feeling similar things. They are humans too. They are going through the same things. I saw a great quote yesterday that we're we're not all on the same boat, but we are in the same storm. I think marketers need to be aware of that. So there was this peak of excitement and now everybody's lulled and starting to think about what's coming. I don't mean that in like a dark way, but like what is, what is happening next? Yeah, and yeah. That's something that as marketers, we need to be aware of. And then the other thing that marketers need to take from this is that now, and I, th- this is what I believe, and it's not necessarily saying it's the right way to go about it, but we focused on quick wins. How can we get impact now? Now mm. let's start to look at the next stages. We know that things have probably changed in certain aspects of our lives. Mm. I, I'm, I go through two minds. I keep seeing people go, everything has changed. It's the new normal. Look at how the world is going to be different. Mm. And part of that makes me go, I don't think that's right. We're going to, things will be changed for a while. And then we're going to go back to a lot of our previous habits. But then the other side of me goes, well, actually, I think there's going to be a lot of things that are changing, not just in the economy. I think we are due a very deep recession, even if it's just temporary, but the ways that we work, the expectations that we have around work. And like we said on a previous episode, this is going to be the first time in both yours and my time as leaders within businesses that this will be an employer's market. Previously, mm-hmm. it's been an employee-driven market. And that is that is a change dynamic that we're not used to. So mm-hmm. I think there's things like that that will have changed. But as marketers, we need to be aware of those changes and planning for the stuff that is starting to come through, which mm-hmm. I think brings us neatly onto second wave of excitement <laughs> like what is what is happening next joe come on so uh, the book i'm reading at the moment is uh, called man's search for meaning that sounds light yeah it is yeah well, it's an amazing book right it's by victor e frankel i think and it's, a, it's an old book but it's a very good one but there's a quote which he says in it which is humans most amazing trait is our ability to adapt bringing this into a marketing context i think I'm going to be planning for both the medium and the long term now. So I'm probably going to be putting together a, a six to 12 month strategy for the stuff that's going to be going on immediately. So for me, that's going to be no live events. So what are we going to do to make sure that our offering is compelling for the next six to 12 months in that kind of way? And then the 12 months plus, or I guess that can probably be characterized as a 12 to 18 months plus plan because nobody really knows when this is going to end and, and, and that kind of thing. So for that reason, the way that I'm approaching it is probably two plans, a medium plan and a, a sort of longer one. This is a process that I'm going through at the moment. It's not something that I've absolutely nailed. You know, I, I really haven't at all. One of the, the considerations that I'm making right now are um, what are the marketing channels that we're going to be using. So for example, right now, I'm pretty much hamstrung to email marketing, elements of social media, but primarily my own personal brand more than anything. So what can I do to make these two channels absolutely sing beyond any other? It's not like I can send a letter to anybody else. You should do a podcast. 
Yeah, I should do a podcast. <laughs> but like, and this is one of the things that is part of the medium term plan is that I've definitely observed as part of this lull that we're just sending so many more messages through the same channels. So how can we make that compelling on a long term basis and not wear people out completely? And I don't have an answer for that at all. That's something that is like roaming through my mind at the moment. And every time I post, I'm thinking, is this too much or is this useful? And maybe that's enough, but I don't know. So that's that's one thing. And then there's also just the product offering, which is, okay, we've moved our events online because that was very much needs must for six to eight weeks. But what can we do to sort of elevate that experience in a way which continues to differentiate us? And I think our culture the way that we present the events is probably going to be a big part of that. But then there's also going to be just general features like, you know, transitions and, and nice videos and stuff like that that sort of elevates the experience. So, yeah, medium plan, long-term plan, but in that process right now, so figuring it out. How about you? So I, I believe I know what's roughly going to happen over the next six months. I think we are mm -hmm. going to have a dramatic downturn. There's going to be a lot of decision makers who aren't in place at the moment. So we've seen in our own business like where um, projects have been delayed because key members of their teams have been uh, put on furlough. So I think there's going to be a lot of delay and some traction lost. But I think there's also going to be opportunities in other spaces that we weren't necessarily expecting. My plans over the next short, medium and long term is to have a framework rather than concrete goals and plans. Nice. I, I know roughly where I want to get to, but I'm also aware that on, so we're recording this on Thursday, on Sunday night this coming week, the government are going to start to outline their roadmap of how things have changed. And I think, so talking about a second wave of excitement, I think when they announce the release from lockdown, that's when marketers are going to have another opportunity to really dig in, spot the opportunities and there will be elements of survival in there because people are going to have to understand what is happening, when it's happening and how it's happening. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's going to be another set of challenges to come through. So I'm, for me personally, I'm hoping that's going to be another exciting burst, but mm -hmm. I'm planning on having a framework and a direction that I want us to be moving in and being a little easier on ourselves around targets and what we're yeah. planning to do, because actually a lot of the stuff is out of our control now and we are going to have to duck and dive. Mm -hmm. So, I've got a framework and a direction, but I also need to have the flexibility to be able to change that based on the things that are going on around us. Mm -hmm. So that's that's our plan. But like you mentioned, you're looking at your your product line, how that mm -hmm. is going to work. We next week we are releasing a an entirely new service line that has been designed. It was something we were going to release in six months' time, where the products and services we deliver, we were going to commoditize them and bring them down into chunks that are more obtainable for smaller size businesses. Nice. Given what's happening with COVID, we brought that, we tried to accelerate that process and bring that forward. So it's, it's things around quick wins and like small projects, all designed around impact and how we can help. So that's part of that process. We'll see where it goes. Like it's a new service line. We've never launched a new service line in the middle of a crisis before. So we'll see how that goes, but, that's part of that. So I can't, I can't plan past the initial tractions of any of that. And mm -hmm. I mean, anybody who says to you that they've got finite plans for the next 12 to 18 months, I call bullshit because yeah. 
you have no idea what is going to go on. You have a direction, you have an understanding of what the markets might do, but there are plenty of smarter people than us who are getting it wrong and they spend their entire lives in this stuff. So I think for marketers in particular, be easier on yourselves on targets. I know it's not always up to marketers to have their targets and they're kind of forced on us, Mm -hmm. but I think I would be having those discussions with the people giving me those targets and saying, here's the direction I think we should be taking. Here is loosely where I think we'll end up and here's the framework of how we're going to get there but we need to be able to be agile and have the ability to adapt so like you were saying before humans are great at adapting that's what we do we roll with the punches mm-hmm. and I think that's just how we're going to have to approach it be be mm-hmm. agile be nimble and have a direction well you know you're spot on I, whenever anyone asks me the question you know what where are you going to be in five years well, fuck those. <laughs> I didn't, five years ago, I was working for someone else and I wasn't married and I didn't have a dog, you know. So, it's, you know, life changes a lot in, in that time. And, and so, you know, I, I really like having that. And I guess that probably links in with a lot of the, the why are you doing what you're doing stuff, which no doubt forms a large part of your framework as well as, you know, no doubt more sort of in-depth kind of things. But um, I think that's solid advice. I think maybe if we just take the pressure off ourselves for a little while. That post that I put out on LinkedIn, the, I signed it off with, maybe we just all need to be a little easier on ourselves at the moment. Mm. And and it, it comes down to, we have been running at 100 mile an hour. We have all been worried about where we're going to get to. And I think at times beating ourselves up or second guessing ourselves, have I made the right decision? Are we doing the right thing? And I think sometimes we've just got to get on a train and see where it ends up. And outside of that, there's not a lot we can do about it. So that's actually just ease back and be a little bit friendlier to ourselves. I think that like, that seems like the greatest takeaway of all time. To be honest. Thanks. <laughs> right. So I think that's covered pretty much what we wanted to talk about. I think the, the general message is that marketers and business leaders should be agile, be nimble, but also don't beat yourselves off too much. What are you reading this week, Joe? Uh, well, my lighthearted book, <laughs> Man's Search for Meaning. Honestly, amazing, amazing book. So uh, it's, a, it, it's an old book. It's written uh, about the concentration camps, but this particular guy was a psychologist. So he actually brings in like elements of psychology into his experience of, of, of being in the concentration camps, which is unreal. The other book that I read last week was uh, Rework by David Heinemeyer Hansen, which actually to the theme of chilling out a little bit, both uh, David Heinemeyer Hansen and Jason Freed are very, very good at sort of promoting a, a good work-life balance and um, logical working practices. So I definitely recommend them. And then the third one is uh, Water Type Marketing, which is next on my list by Bryony Thomas. Hopefully we'll get her to do a webinar one day soon with the marketing meetup, but I haven't started that yet. So I, I can report back in a few weeks, but um, that, I'm looking forward to listening to that too or reading that. How about you? Uh, so speaking as a man who has two kids who are currently being homeschooled and trying to balance, uh, work (laughs) with my wife, it's, I'm not getting a whole lot of time to read at the moment. So I'm focusing more on podcasts and like I, I've mentioned them many, many times. I am obsessed with business wars. It's the, the current one I'm listening to is Amazon versus Walmart. And just like the, the story behind it is incredible. So I'm really enjoying that at the moment, but I am reading the, I've started reading Michael Jordan's biography interested to see the career because it's i grew up in the kind of the 80s and 90s with him at his peak so yeah that's cool that is cool no i I think it's also you know people spend a lot of time speaking about 
oh what books are you reading as if it's some sort of like badge of honor but I, I think it's it's interesting because you you get better and you learn new stuff but there's so much value in, in hearing those stories about yeah. just amazing people doing cool stuff it is the book I recommend most out of any and it's mm-hmm. uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight and I know I've mentioned that multiple times on this because it's that book has had an impact on me because of I remember reading it and like I'll be honest I'm unlikely to be setting up what is the equivalent of a, a Nike size brand or business and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that but mm-hmm. reading his story as an entrepreneur as somebody who started a business and the amount of the times that he took Nike to the wire where I mean he was dollars away from the whole thing collapsing and the way that he was distant from his wife because he was thinking about things going on in the background mm-hmm. that just it I mean it it rang true in so many other aspects and I think anybody who's starting a business should definitely read that book because it's and like now is a good time as well because there is a there is an awful lot of ducking and diving and rolling with the punches and making opportunities out of seemingly disastrous situations and I think so it is a great book if you've not read it just remember absolutely being staggered by his attitude to risk and thinking that I couldn't do that but you know also learning an awful lot from that so Right, if you want us to discuss any topics or if you've got any feedback for us, we'd be all ears on hearing it. You can reach out to Humans Come First on Twitter or you can reach out to Joe on Twitter. That's uh, Joseph E. Glover. Or me on Twitter, Rich T. Wood. Other than that, thanks for listening. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.